Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Well, they've they've taken this this. <laughs> Live it up, coach. As you can tell, they're pretty excited. Uh, so, yeah, but it's all it's all about these this, these guys, this group of guys, and and uh, you know our leadership on our team has has carried us the entire year. That is the head Husker, Will Bolt, Nebraska baseball back on top. What a feel-good weekend and pod for the Big Red as they are your, say it with me, outright Big Ten champs. Welcome to it. It's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Numbers to get in today. You can dial us up, 466-3776-466-3776-800. 825-5865. Give us a find and follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And you can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. We will try and unpack just what Nebraska baseball has done in such a short time. Mike Babcock usually with us on Wednesdays. Babbers is Uh, Covered Nebraska baseball for years and is awesome at it. We'll get his take on things in about 20 minutes. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, will be with us at 5. And Greg Smith will uh, dial us up in recruiting. You have the numbers. You had a bachelor party weekend, Elijah. That I did. Um, For your brother. For my brother. Not for you. Thank God not for me. I'm not ready for any sort of marriage i'm not like ready right for now. any commitment <laughs> are you serious i'm 22 like maybe for some people good but. answer moving on <laughs> um the uh the bachelor party was good uh started off at top golf uh, i almost killed a man at top golf on accident did you really <laughs> yeah so this is a a few drinks in um oh no we, <laughs> we were doing the uh the game at top golf where you're like you're aiming for certain holes and the last one you're going for is the one way in the back, the, mm-hmm. the white hole way back there. So swing out of your shoes so, after 14 shots. So swung out of my shoes, and it was a, a nice, hot, humid day, so my hands are nice and sweaty. Oh, no. So as I finish the swing up over my shoulder, the the club flies like three bays down oh, and no. like goes past this dude's shoulder. It was, it was I almost, I almost sent a man you to bought the bought him a beer, didn't you? And said, my bad? I said, my bad. I think I bought him a beer. Well, he's going to go code red on you. Well, if I would have... If, if use the rosin next time. If I would have hit him, I would have bought him a beer. But I, I, I just barely missed. And he still hit a great shot on his next shot, so... Well, the scowl, I can just see it. Um, oh, I can still see it in my head. Ne- ne- Nebraska baseball was flat-out fantastic. And, you know, they have shown you 
they're never back down mentality, but they, they bring it every day. And people can talk about showing up every day. Will Bolt has instilled that show up every day type mantra. And, and it's worked between Friday nights, bullpen going five innings and, and kind of sealing the win for Nebraska to get things off on the right foot with the 8-5 to five win. The incredible comeback where you're down nine to two against Ohio State and then you win eleven to nine. Roach goes out and is just beautiful in a three to one win in the second part of the doubleheader. And then just that 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 lack of complacency to their credit, where you could be scoreboard watching, you know, what's happening with Maryland, what's happening with Michigan. And then the other part of this, the Big Ten Wondering if, hey, should we should we hose Nebraska even further and make him make up the Northwestern game? Because technically, there's no shot if you have three games to play and you have a three and a half game lead. Well, then there's no shot for Michigan or anyone else to go in the Big Ten. And that was talked a little bit about on the broadcast. But Nebraska is your outright champs. They did it all sorts of different ways. They have power. They hit wonderfully situationally. They are incredible defensively. They get great work from their bullpen, and their starting pitching has been tremendous. And if somebody's not on, there's another member either on the pitching staff or offensively that is there to pick them up, and they have what you want, what you want in your football program, what you want in your basketball program, a a certain mentality that leads to execution and B they've got a great mix of young and old. All right. To have this fantastic roster. So here is Will Bolt yesterday, his zoom session. And this is what's really telling to me. You, you had two, you had two moments to me this season that were pivot points. One was the, the, the game against Ohio state where they were down nine to two and they came back and, and won that thing 9-11. to 11. That was recently. Okay, That helped make sure you could go 4-0 and this weekend. But let's rewind back. And it's been talked about in the media, and it's been talked about by us, and it's been talked about by Nebraska baseball, just what kind of a, a learning lesson that, week, that Rutgers weekend was. Where, how are you going to handle success? You're ranked. You know, where are you at? And we'll get you the latest uh, Kendall Rogers predictions here for Nebraska in the field of 64 in just a moment. But how do you handle success? You've been patted on the back all week. You go out, you get beat in a couple of games that you could have won, and then you just didn't have a good Sunday. And, And Will Bolt goes back to that moment being a turning point in the season. Here's Coach. And here's how his team reacted a few weeks back that helped lead to what happened an outright Big Ten championship this weekend. That was a tough weekend, obviously. And we could have gone one of two ways after that weekend. We could have taken that and said, man, you know, we just, you know, we put too much pressure on ourselves. And, you know, down the stretch, we got to play all these tough teams and all these, you know, we got a a tough pod coming up and then another one at the end of the year. And you start looking ahead, you can kind of hit the panic button or you can uh, regroup and remember that we were on the verge of winning 
the first two games of that series and just keep playing, you know, good baseball and just try to do it for nine full innings. And again, I'll just, I'll continue to, to point to our captains, our leaders. I had a conversation with them on that Monday, right after that weekend and said, look, we're, we're still a good, great team. Like, let's make sure that, you know, nobody's, you know, going to hit the panic button here. We're going to just keep working and we're going to keep showing up and we're going to keep playing good baseball. Again, we just, we've been able to do that. We've been able to, you know, stay focused and stay hungry and stay committed to, to team baseball. Well, that they have. They've also been the toughest team, and Will Bolt expanded on that because it doesn't matter your sport. If you and your crew are the toughest on the field, doesn't matter the field. In this instance, we're talking baseball. You usually win. You got to be mentally tough. And we'll dive into a couple of of articles out there. It's natural to bring up. Okay, Will Bolt did this in his second year. Really, kind of his first. Because you had 15 games last year, and it's also an apples to oranges conversation with what you have versus what you, you don't have. So it's not equal or on the same playing field as far as I'm concerned when we talk football and basketball. But it for Will Bolt to do what he's done is incredible, and I think he's he's that good. He also had talent, but you got to make sure the talent can go perform, and you got to be right between the ears on top of the physical skills to do it. Is as messy as baseball is on people with slumps or pressure moments or just being locked in all the time consistently. That's how you win in baseball. You got to be tough. And here's more on Bolt with that team toughness. We always talk about it, you know, the tougher team wins just about every time on any given day. I mean, and that, that the most mentally tough team is going to be the most focused team, the team that's most dedicated to playing team baseball on any given day, being the most competitive team, the team that's most uh, able to uh, put aside any sort of distractions or um, outside um, variables and just go out and compete and just do it pitch to pitch and do it every day and, and show up and do those things. And it's just something that we really believe in that, that the tougher team, the tougher team wins. And, you know, we can have this, th- these goals of saying we need X amount of wins or we need to do this out or the other. We can keep it pretty simple and say, we want to be the toughest team in the country. And in order to do that, you've got to show up every day and feel like if we're the toughest team in the country, that means we get to play for a while. So the conversation can turn, okay, baseball just did this in short order. Awesome. They're fantastic. They deserve it. They're good. Will Bolt's fantastic. Why can't football, why can't, why, why hasn't football, why can't basketball do that? And I've, I've kind of, I didn't jump to that. That's not my first thought. My first thought is Will Bolt is incredible. And what, what you hired to enhance has has done that in short order. That's that's big time. Now, from a football conversation, Elijah, you know, you'd like it to be ahead of schedule or on schedule. It's it's not. But it but it can be with with a good twenty twenty one season. Same with basketball. The mayor and company's done a money job of bringing in talent and they they got better last year in a really difficult year. Now, that first year was just tough, and you kind of had to corral who you could corral, and they made quick adjustments. It's hard to talk football, baseball, basketball. Those are your three big-time sports. Obviously, volleyball's on its own pedestal because it's national championship good. 
You want football to get there. You want basketball to be in the dance. You want baseball to be doing super regionals or beyond, right? And it's just a tough conversation to have, but it's out there about why isn't football doing what baseball did in such short order. And and my take is it's just a – Bolt was, was – he came in to enhance, all right? And he'll tell you about it in just a second, what Darren Erstad had set up for him. Very different, and I know culture and roster and previous staff, that wears on some of you. You look at it as excuses. You just say, shut up and go in. I get it. But there's some reality to it. And it just takes a little bit longer, in my humble opinion, in football and even in basketball. Uh, not that I'm, I'm diminishing what Will Bolt did. I think Will walked into a situation unlike what – what what Fred Hoiberg's walked into and absolutely what, what Scott Frost walked into. That's that's the difference. And that's not scoffing at all at what Will Bolt did in this team and this crew. Not at all. It's super impressive. And it's super impressive to do in conference only. Yeah, what I'll say is in baseball, there are a lot more Division One Power 5 ready players coming out of high school every single year. But you, you can't discount Will Bolt. For that. He went and hit on those guys that he went out and recruited and, and got them to campus. All, I mean... Look at the guys who have been instant successes Max in year Anderson. one. Max Anderson, Bryce Matthews, two of the leaders of this mm-hmm. weekend are both freshmen coming in, making an instant impact because Will Bolt was out and went out and was able to go get these guys. He identified the talent and he went and got the talent. But what, what Will Bolt has done well this year is he has instilled a mentality in this team mm-hmm. that I haven't seen in this Husker baseball team before. When they're down two, three runs early, they're not out of it. On previous Husker baseball teams, you'd kind of see so some quick they're, at bats, they lose some they fight. Press. Yeah, they. But this team just does not give up. I mean, look at Griffin Everett's home run against Ohio State in the ninth inning. Oh, um, sweet. Apparently, he was dealing with full body cramps all game and was telling his teammates before he went out there, "I think I only got one swing in me before my body gives out." Mm. And what do you do with that one swing? Mm, he he bat- battled through the pain, took his swing, hit it out. Rest is history. Huskers went four zero this weekend. You, it's incredible. You're, you're, it is a thousand percent about mentality, and Will Bolt is uh, above and beyond his years when it comes to mentality. And that's a credit to him. That's a credit to his mentors, Rob Childress. That's a credit to to Coach Van Horn down at Arkansas. I mean, that's that blueprint. Last thought here from from Will Bolt specifically on you know what what he had when he got here. And, and there are still guys on this team that won it with, with Nebraska baseball in 2017, but it's, it's hit a different level. Like I said, I mean, this wasn't a rebuild. It wasn't, you know, we have a very, you know, the, a lot of top-end talent um, guys that, that were on the roster when we got here. Um, we just felt like we were able to surround them with, with more good players. I think just the depth, the overall depth, mm-hmm. I feel like we were able to we were able to do that. We were able to build some real depth, I think, is what you need um, in order to have a chance to make a run like we did, where you're you're not playing a 24-game conference schedule. Um, you're, you're playing a grind of 44 conference games. You better be deep. And so I felt like we are able to do that um, we were able to add to the top end talent that we do have and and bring some guys in that have really made a difference uh, on the team um, but you know it, it wasn't a it wasn't a rebuild I said that when I when I got the job it was just our job to continue that momentum that Darren and his staff had created and um, you know just kind of put our stamp on it just put you know the style of play that we were going to establish and um, you know just continue to build that every year through recruiting. Nebraska right now has been, uh, at least per Kendall Rogers, they are projected as a two seed. 
but they've done enough as a regular season conference champ to move out of the projected Fayetteville Regional. Our friend Bruncey tweeting this out. And you're a two-seed still, but you're a two-seed in the Texas Tech Regional. You are no longer having to jack with Arkansas. Uh, at least that the way it's projected. Yeah. Now Nebraska needs to to finish this thing out right, and 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 win the series against Michigan. And I'll be interested to see, you know, you you've already won it. So where's your focus? And and knowing Will Bolt, he's going to want out want to hand out a butt kicking to Michigan, or at least win the series. And where's Michigan's head out with no not with really? I mean, there, there's a lot to play for. But when it comes to, to winning the conference, there's nothing to play for. Nebraska's already got that wrapped up. Yeah, and just speaking of the, the regionals, I'm not looking too far into that until we get the official ones. But as it stands, according to Kendall Rogers, Nebraska, if they were to win the regional, I think then would go to the Fayetteville Super Regional should Arkansas make it out. I believe if, if my math is correct there with the seeding. Sure, and and that would be oh so juicy. Oh so juicy. Yeah, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves. First things first. And see where you land in the NCAA tournament. Mike Babcock's next to talk Oscar baseball with Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Charlie McBride's coming up here at 5. Greg Smith on recruiting. Oscar baseball, the focus today. We welcome in historian, author, Hall of Famer with Hale Varsity. Magazine, HaleVarsity.com. Mike Babcock with us. Babber's usually a Wednesday dude, but it doesn't happen every uh, Monday that Nebraska's celebrating an outright conference championship and uh, first time since 2017. Mike, uh, what what did you think of uh, Sunday? What did you think of the Husker weekend with how they kind of stood strong? Well, I thought it was a, a typical uh, bolt-coached team weekend, and uh you know, the game that I uh, point to was the one that they were down to Ohio State 9-2, uh, to two, and they uh, they came back. They got five runs in the seventh. They got four runs in the ninth. <laughs> and as you mentioned earlier, uh, Griffin Everett hits a home run and then struggles around the base because he's dealing with cramps. He hits the two-run home run to tie it with one out, and then they get two more runs and, and win the game. I mean, that's... That's where Nebraska is. And then you then you get the great uh, pitching performance from Chance Roach, complete mm-hmm. game, and then you get uh, five pitchers combined on a on a shutout. So um, just a, I think a typical Bolt uh, weekend, and uh, it was a good way to wrap up the title, um, playing the way they did. Mike, speak a little bit to, to Will Bolt's mentality. He's always been the same guy, and he's been very credit-driven. And, and I say that with just, I mean, he was part of Erstad's staff, so he he knows that, and he was, you know, he said it towards the end of the Zoom, it wasn't a rebuild. Uh, it was just, let's, let's put some more talent around, let's get some more depth, and that's paid off. But for, for him to do this, whatever you want to call last year, all right, before it got chopped, and then this year uh, is, is remarkable. I think he had some good players. I think he had some pretty nice talent, and I think he brought some nice talent in. But to get uh, everyone pulling on the rope the same way this soon and have that toughest team mentality, uh, that spars 
conversation about some of the other sports and wanting to see it. You know, if Will can do it, why can't it happen quicker and in hoops or, or in football? That 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 commentary, that narrative, that uh, narrative's been out uh, a little bit here in, in the last you know fifteen twenty hours. Yeah, and, and it's difficult to compare those sports. I exactly. Mean, you know, it, I just. I back away from that. I guess I'm not smart enough to make that comparison and think that because baseball does it, you know, basketball can do it or football can do it or should do it or whatever. I, You know, I just, you know, in the case of uh, Scott Frost in football, I mean, he's had, what, three seasons? This will be his fourth. And, uh, you know, one of those was that COVID weird thing where everybody jumped on Nebraska for wanting to play and then they end up playing the playing, uh, kind of a reduced season. I, it's just a, it's just a different thing. But uh, by the same token, you really have to credit Bold because you know what, what were the Huskers last year? Seven and eight when the when the uh, COVID thing hit. So um, you know you have to build that confidence and that grit, determination, whatever, coming off of a season where you didn't quite, you know, it was cut short obviously, but you didn't quite get done what you would wanted to do. Um, as a lead into a, a season now where you're uh, Big Ten champions. And uh, uh, I think it was, you know, I think it is significant, the, the guys that he brought in, and we've talked about it, but the young guys that have contributed and the leadership they've gotten from the veterans. That mix has been perfect for winning baseball, the mentality. And then, Mike, this team always finds a way to respond. Uh, they responded after a tough start against Ohio State. They responded the weekend after uh, getting swept by Rutgers. And and I applaud the response. You're going to get knocked down. How do you get up, right? Or do you get up? And I think his team's been uh, so resilient in that aspect. But they, they don't blink mentally. And that's so important with baseball. Yeah, and, and, and as Will pointed out, the first two games of the Rutgers series, they lost, but they were in it. You know, it was the third game that was the concerning one. They got beat six to nothing, and and they just didn't have it there. So that's the concern that you have. Now they've won nine of ten since then. The only loss was to, to Indiana in in the in the in the Piscataway pod. So um, yeah, you it, it's it's about attitude and believing in yourself, and and really. Cliche, I say this every time we talk, but it really is one game at a time. I think they'll be focused uh, in the Michigan series. It'll be Friday's game, and then it'll be Saturday's game, and then it'll be Sunday's game. That's just the way uh, Nebraska approaches things. That's the way that uh, Will Bolt demands it, and that's the way the players accept it. Mike, there's there's a lot made on social media uh, over the weekend of just the the preseason predictions for this Husker baseball team, not even in the top six of the Big Ten. Um, it kind of seems like the, the team took that disrespect to heart. And, and I got to say, I looked back on what we talked about this Husker baseball team. I don't think we saw this coming. So just how were they able to to exceed all these expectations? I mean, the, the pitching was great, the hitting was great, um, and that, that young talent was great too. Yeah, they, you know, they brought in some guys, and and again, they, they brought in. You know, freshmen have contributed. Uh, transfers have contributed. Um, they had some solid guys. They, they, they had the super seniors that came back. Um, it, it just was, a, in a lot of ways, was a perfect storm in terms of uh, guys fitting in and the way things uh, came together um, for this team. But, uh, yeah, I didn't see it coming. I, I don't know that I really accepted the uh, not in the top six Mm-hmm. Uh, preseason, you know, I thought maybe Nebraska could be in there, uh, but 
Nebraska does you know Nebraska is still scuffling in general to get some respect in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten is in turn scuffling to get some national uh, respect uh, in this conference only uh, season because uh, now Nebraska is what nineteen in Baseball America, mm-hmm. twenty in D one Baseball I think, mm-hmm. and the Collegiate Baseball Writers twenty six Nebraska still is. Um, it's just tough to get that national respect with a conference-only schedule. And, I, you know, I wonder how many of the other Big Ten teams are going to get in. Three, you think? Uh, well, probably think, a maximum th- of three, maybe four. I think I, I, think I, I have four. Right now, based on Kendall's latest projection, and the, the you know, the last one of the last teams in is Indiana. You have Michigan, you have Maryland, and then you have Nebraska. That's now in the Lubbock Regional. At least those are pr- the projections. And you know, what what was your your takeaway with with Will's response to you? Because you asked him before this weekend about the 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 Rodney Dangerfield elephant, the the no respect part with either his team or or the Big Ten. I mean, he the Big Ten's done themselves no favors. They've been a mess. They they've been a joke when it comes to softball and baseball. And yet they're going to have we're on the heels of Michigan getting to you know, nitty-gritty time against Vanderbilt in Omaha. That wasn't that long ago. And you have one of the hottest teams in college baseball that's also good, not lucky in Husker baseball that could maybe make some noise this uh, postseason. Well, it's it, it's just a southern mindset in that, and and you know the Pac-12 gets some gets some love there mm-hmm. because I think uh, uh, we've seen the success that Oregon State had, and Oregon I think is in the rankings this year has, has gotten some respect, but um, it's it's difficult, and I, you know I think the way Nebraska has played down the stretch, winning nine of its last ten games, they ought to reconsider who might be considered among the twenty. Uh, locations for regionals because uh, I think Nebraska uh, maybe deserves it and the the attendance that they would have uh, in in such a situation would be uh, over the top I think so um, you know I'd like to see them look up that again I know they wouldn't but that, it's just a hypothetical thing for me but you know it's just again it might be a little bit of motivation for the players but both you know straight ahead you know just do what we do uh, you can't control the rest of it, so control what you can control. Now, Mike, the Michigan series this weekend isn't important in terms of Big Ten standings. Huskers have already locked up the championship, obviously. Uh, but how important is it in terms of gaining this respect that we're talking about? I mean, if the Huskers go sweep Michigan, uh, where do you think that puts them in the uh, the talk of, you know, maybe the NCA could amend what, they're, uh, what they said previously and give the Huskers a regional? Is that out of the question if the Huskers were to have an impressive performance against Michigan this weekend? I would think so. Don't you think that's out of the question? I, I mean, even with an impressive series against Michigan, I think that's, you know, the NCAA is going to look at it and say, no, we've made the decision. We're going to pick 16 of these 20 teams uh, to host regionals that we've already identified. Um, you know, and, and you guys talked about how Nebraska right now is projected as a two seed. So, um, you know, that, that would seem like a logical uh, possibility, but I don't think it's going to happen. Mike, I've got uh, less than uh, two minutes, about uh, 60 seconds or so here. Rob Childress, a thought on his career at A&M. Tough for him to go out like he did. Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of respect for him. Uh, did a great job, I think. A great coach. Uh, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough sport. You know, expectations in, in Texas A&M are, are uh, 
pretty high there. Um, but I got a lot of respect for Rob Childress. I would not say a bad thing about him. I think that was a, a, a tremendous uh, staff when uh, Van Horn and Childress and uh, uh, Mike Anderson was on that staff, I think. But, it, it, you know, that was a really a good staff. I mean, he did well at A&M, but just not well enough for, yeah, for their yeah, liking. It's just, yeah, it's just, it really is, what have you done for me lately kind of a thing. And it's it's, it's probably Nebraska fans can't even understand how it is in baseball at Texas A&M. Uh, that's, that's fair. That's a tough, that's a tough go there. <laughs> it, 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 so it's it's football magnified, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough thing there in the, in the, uh, in the SEC schools. Babbers, uh, real quick here, yearbook is uh, around the corner here. The Great Hale Varsity staff putting together another winner for your uh, football pleasure this summer. Give us a, a quick thought here on, on so far what you've seen from the yearbook. Well, yeah, I just uh, got done uh, going through a story that uh, on Austin Allen that uh, Jacob Padilla, Padilla wrote. And, uh, you know, there are going to be some good features in there and, and – uh, Boy, it's going to be it's it's well covered, and you know the excitement of we're going to have a real season, and we're going to have probably real fans in the stands instead of cutouts. So uh, <laughs> it's all it's all good. It's all part of that. That is good. Can't wait to read Jacob's feature. Of course, Mike's got his feature on the '71 team and defense, and Vogel and Aaron Sorensen, of course, Greg Smith and. Uh, the crew, Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey, going to want to get that yearbook. Mike, we'll uh, get caught up again. Thanks for your time. Thanks for making an adjustment to talk some Big Red Baseball with us today. Hey, great talking to you. Happy Monday. You too. There he is, Mike Babcock with us. And uh, good stuff on Husker Baseball. You can follow Mike on Twitter at MDBabs. A couple of thoughts, news and notes with Husker football. From a recruiting standpoint, the speedster out of Hayes, uh, well, might have run away from the Big Red. Also, Adrian's podcast. Some thoughts on the way with Hale Varsity. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at halevarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Great to have you back in. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, some thoughts here as we'll spend more time on Husker baseball as uh, the Big Red, your outright Big Ten conference champs. And tell you what, man, they uh, found a way to get it handled. That's pretty awesome. I have not had a chance to check out Adrian Martinez's podcast, but it's been getting some uh, good reviews. And you know what? Adrian's the first of what will probably be many high-profile college athletes when we talk name, image, and likeness to get in and do their their own podcast, uh, Athletes Unfiltered, and some pretty cool insight from Adrian. I mean, he'll, he's been on with us either at media days or during the recruitment or, you know, back when we could do one-on-ones. He was, he was fantastic, and, and I love chatting with him and, and the fact that he's hosting his own podcast, Good On Him, because he'll he'll do a really nice job with it, him and his partner, on it. And, you know, I wonder, A, if this spurs more starting quarterback podcast, but Adrian's got a story to tell, and Adrian's got a unique viewpoint through things with that pressure uh, of being the quarterback at Nebraska, the expectations, 
And then, you know, you're going into this junior slash senior season with uh, a lot of A, frustration, B, uh, redemption on your mind, not that you've done anything wrong or, or been bad. It's you just want to you want to win. And that's that's kind of been the, the reality here the last few years is you just haven't won enough. And that's something he spent time on on time on in with his podcast and, and he, he gets it and he's trying. And I think he's going to, dare I say it, on the heels of Phil Mickelson having a great, uh, great weekend. I think Adrian's in his happy place right now. I think he's finally kind of at peace. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I think that he feels pretty good about some of the other guys around him on offense. I, and, yeah, and one of, the, one of the interesting things that I heard in the podcast, which kind of it sounded like how he grew up in dealing with how the, the fans of Nebraska um, – care about this program where he said like yeah you'll, you'll go on twitter if you have a bad game and you see all these things people are saying he's about got you. a mean tweets segment yeah but, but then he says and then i go out and, and ref youth football out in york nebraska and all these people are coming up to me telling me how much i mean to their kids uh how cool it was to see me out the fields today and just how much nebraska football means to them and, and i realized that you know uh that there is that vocal minority but the the vast majority of nebraska just loves this football team as a whole and i, I think Adrian's always been a, a mature kid, even back to his mm. freshman year, um, dealing with the media here at Nebraska. Uh, but it, it was interesting to hear him now as a senior and, and to hear him just kind of be unfiltered and unplugged about what it's actually like to be a Husker football player at Nebraska. One of the things that not many people in this state actually get. Everyone, everyone watches the Husker football team. Everyone has their opinions on the Husker football team. But it's not often you hear from a current player what it's actually like to be, to be dealing with us, the fans. Uh, so I just thought that was insightful and... I mean, Adrian's always been mature, uh, and I think that really shined through in the podcast. Well, and, and that's just it, man. Uh, 18 to 22-year-olds got a lot of responsibility, but they're also still kids, and they're out there. And, you know, what What? What level of Husker fan are you? Are you all over them? Are you supportive? Are you in that gray area where if it's going well, you're – behind them win or tie <laughs> or are you all over them if you lose if they lose and it just it just kind of varies quite honestly and it's like i'm trying to imagine me going out and umpiring a high school baseball game if some dude behind the plate was heckling me going hey you had a bad show on thursday <laughs> you, you really messed up that phone call like I, I just can't imagine that and that's that's the pressure that these 18 to 22 year olds are under that whenever adrian goes out in public it's not like no one in the state's going to recognize i'm like i work in radio like most people aren't going to recognize me when i go out and about but him he's always got this standard to live up to because everywhere he goes people are going to recognize him so i i think very good for him to, to be doing a podcast and be able to, to put these things out there and really show the fans this is what it's like to be a Husker football player. Well, let's talk about uh, a guy that Nebraska had on their radar and uh, recruited at a high level, even had to campus during the uh, the spring game, and that's uh, Kanick, the, uh, the, 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 the flyer, the linebacker out of Hayes, Kansas, and uh, was part of a, a package, right, with, uh, with, with the teammate, and, and right now, this kid has absolutely just blown up Elijah. He's gone from, all right, Nebraska's got him here. And then it came to uh, Clemson calling. And now it's been the who's who of college football. 
Uh, we're talking USC. We're talking Alabama. We're talking LSU. I mean, just go down the list of SEC schools, and it's been one thing for Nebraska, Georgia. Uh, it's one thing for, for Nebraska to have gotten them here on an unofficial, but I, I don't believe, per Greg Smith, that there's any shot of getting him here for an official visit. And I think uh, there's been bigger fish on his plate than Nebraska here moving forward. Now, uh, you sometimes hear the the correlation versus causation. Uh, and what I've seen this as is it's just the correlation so strong that I'm, I'm going to assume causation here, which you should never do, but I'm going to do it. Um, and it's whenever DK ran that 100-meter dash with the U.S. track and field team. Um, and then later that week, Jaron Kanak went and ran the exact same time in a high school meet uh, at 18 years old and then a week later he's got an offer to Alabama a week and a half later he's got an offer to USC it's it's I mean whenever you see this guy is as fast as DK Metcalf I, I think heads kind of turn uh and the Huskers good on them for being in early but I mean it, it reminds me of the same situation as uh, uh Isaiah Simmons going out to Clemson where mm-hmm. once those big dogs start calling are, are you really that interested in Nebraska anymore like whenever if I got Nick Saban on the phone do I really want to go to a Nebraska well, team that just went three and five? It, it's it's Clemson, it's Bama. I mean, it's Georgia. I mean, it's it's the who's who of college football. And it's not that Nebraska can't be a player in the college football landscape. Absolutely, they can be, but they need guys like Canick to be on the roster to help elevate. So credit Nebraska, but they're going to have to to make an adjustment. We'll talk with Greg Smith about that. Uh, here in uh, less than an hour. You know, where does a Nebraska go? Also interested to dive in on what is going on. And this is a story that that's out by Alex Scarborough with ESPN College Football, ESPN.com. Welcome to the new wild, wild west. And that is the era of tampering in college football where you've got programs contacting a kid in season to get him on the roster or kind of getting in somebody's ear who can get in said kid's ear about how, you know, you're not being used, you're not playing, what's going on, we got room for you here. So a lot of these portal deals, in a lot of instances, uh, the article says 60% are are already done deals. And I, I think of a couple of instances. One, you had Tennessee's top linebacker, Moved to Alabama. Now, Tennessee's made a coaching change, but you have this Tennessee stud now at Alabama. And I'd love to to get the E True Hollywood story on Wandale Robinson. How many how many Kentucky area codes were coming in his way football related? And now And now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Some thoughts on Phil Mickelson uh, beating Father Time. Pretty impressive football. Many takes from Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, in 10 minutes. Reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty. Are you buying or selling a home? Hey, you can make a pretty penny off your home now. But West Blue, man, they specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities for a limited time. You mentioned Hale Varsity. You can get up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Two names to know and two names to call with West Blue. Tom Luby, 
402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider, give Kelly a call as well at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. Get an appointment today, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Log on now, westbluerealty.com. So I got a kick out of this on social media, and it was uh, Phil's mom texting Phil's wife, and, you know, only moms can get away with the full name. It's not Phil or Lefty. It's Philip. Tell Philip to just par in. Don't hit bombs or activate calves. Just par. They need to have, they have to catch him. He won't listen to his mother, but he'll listen to you. Text him. Hurry. Of course, T to the wife's like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll text Tim. Caddy, he is the only one that Phil's listening to today. <laughs> did, did you see that on the 16th hole on Sunday, whenever he already had like a three or four stroke lead at that point? It got tight. Yeah, it, it got tight, but on that 16th hole, he actually hit the longest drive of anybody that weekend on the 16th mm-hmm. hole when he should be playing safe, just trying to lock up the. I mean, that's, I feel this in place. That's lefty. Dude, he's, he's, a, he's a gambler, and we'll talk to Shuey on Wednesday and. <laughs> Get his take on things, but man, yeah, and just the 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 crowd, the mob, the people's champion, where people are all around him. It's like a scene in the end of Happy Gilmore, I mean, where, where they're just engulfing him, and then on that 18th green where it's just 15 deep, the folks wanting to see him do it. Here's Phil after the win yesterday. I just had to work harder physically to be able to practice as long as I wanted to. And I've had to work a lot harder uh, to be able to maintain focus throughout a round. That's been the biggest challenge of late. And my my desire to play is the same. Like I, I've never been driven by exterior things. I've always been, you know, intrinsically motivated because I love to compete. I love playing the game. I love having opportunities to um, play against the best at the highest level. And so that's what's what drives me. And I think that that's what has um, the belief that I could still do it. Uh, inspired me to work harder, and, and um, I just didn't see why it couldn't be done. It just took a little bit more effort. Well, you got to make the adjustment to, to father time. Phil will be 51, but for him to be a, a major winner again at his age, and he looks he looks great. He looks absolutely as good as he's looked for a long, long time. But that was a wonderful scene, and it was cool to see him uh, hang on and and then kind of put his finishing stamp on it. Yeah, and what a way to be able to do it back in front of the fans again. I mean, I, we haven't seen oh, scenes sure. like that at a golf course since before COVID. I haven't seen scenes like that in general uh, really since before COVID. Just, just I mean, I, I'm not a big Phil Mickelson fan, but I tuned in yesterday just because it was incredible to see everyone going down to 18, running up the uh, running up the fairway, trying to get a good spot to see that final putt. It was just incredible stuff. How many would you and I have put in the water? <laughs> All of after going to Top Golf, all of them. All of them. All of them. Eh, get Elijah another shot of Fireball. He's going to crank this one and kill a patron nearly. Charlie McBride's next hour to Hail Varsity. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. little programming note, we will be at Haymarket Park tomorrow for a road show Tuesday ahead of the uh, Salt Dogs home opener. Well, I'll be at Haymarket. Elijah will be uh, duct taped uh, back here in studio. Sorry about that. I, I had to be here anyway because I'm working that Salt Dogs game tomorrow uh-huh, night. Uh-huh. So so it all works out. It, it does. Uh, I will uh, hopefully be... Well, surrounded by brats and beer and, and all the, the ballpark goodies. And then it's going to be packed in red uh, this weekend for Michigan coming to town. We say hi to Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, Mondays with Charlie. Coach, how's the weather? We finally got some sunshine in, in 80s here. How was how uh, the forecast well, your yeah. way? Yesterday it was nice out, a little drizzle all part of the day, and today it's beautiful. You know, it's there's guys out. I'm watching guys out catching fish right now in front of my house. So, <laughs> so there must be something down there. <laughs> when, when, when are you going fishing, or are you just letting everyone else catch well, up to your uh, to your haul? I'll probably go in about uh, a week or so because um, uh, I got one one of my sons is coming and he's a fishing nut. <laughs> he has to work most of the time, but um, and then I got one of them here now who loves to fish, and we got a pontoon boat. Of course, it has to have a depth finder on it, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, so anyway, it was. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a, a pretty good uh, last week. It's pretty, the weather's been pretty good. Are you a now, let, are you a let's use dynamite guy, or do you have another type of bait? Oh, I did. I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a live bait guy. I like a, well, off the shore here, I fly fish once in a while. All right. And, um, and then in the, in the water, we troll most okay. of the time. Okay. So we'll get into some football and some baseball thoughts, but, you know. Ooh, baseball. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll start there then before we get into some fishing. Um, I'm interested here. What do you think of Will Bolton and his team? I'm sure you were watching this weekend. Well, I did. I actually didn't get a chance to, but I mean, you know, I kind of kept, you know, I kept track of it a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he's done an amazing job. I mean, it's coming in there and recruiting and coming up with what he's got, and all of a sudden he pops a, you know, a championship. Um, that that's, you know, that that just goes to show you what can be done, and. And I think when you a lot of it has to do with are, are you re, are you recruiting competitors? And I think, you know, the way some of these kids won some games, they came from behind and they they look like you know they look like a baseball team. I mean, just uh, their hearts are all in the right place. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Make it simple. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm really happy for them. I mean, that you know. Like, couldn't ask for anything better for the beginning year. What they do from now is is just micing on the cake, I think, for the first year. 
Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Mondays with Charlie. Coach, when it comes to, to what you just said, I mean, that 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 got all of us to, to go, wow, uh, the, the recruiting a competitor, that seems second nature and obvious to you because you, you, you did it for so long. But is there a way to, I guess, do you, if you find a kid you really like, can you make him into a competitor if, if he's not? Wired that way, and, and then run, run with the athleticism, or do you have to go with the mentality first and foremost? You know, it's really funny. I, I, I you know, all the years, and I, I'm sure there's guys that'll disagree with me. There's certain kinds of players that, you know, have, have a. Uh, let's put it this way: if they're a defensive player, they usually have some kind of a temperament, a little more reckless kid. Uh-huh. You know, then you're going to find on offense where you'll find a more you know, a kid that doesn't look like he's uh, going to do anything. I've had guys on on defense that if you met him, you'd think he's an older boy, you know, but you get in the game and he's a whole different kind of cat. So each kid is different. So after you meet enough kids in this business, you start to get to a point where you can pretty much tell by just almost talking to them sometimes. Plus you add up what the coaches have said and sometimes the – you know, your own coach is going to really do everything he can to push you and say some things that might be, you know, a little exaggerating at times. But uh, they can't, they can't uh, with the eye in the sky that you look at is going <laughs> to tells a lot of the, mm-hmm. lot of the stories. The things you like to see is like to be you'd like to see him at a game and on the sideline and how he re, you know re- reacts with his other teammates. Well, that mentality's so so key, and and Will Bolt wants to be the toughest baseball team there is. I mean, that was kind of their mantra, and uh, it sounds a lot like football, Coach. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, there's no difference, and it has a lot to do with what's upstairs in your head and how you're approaching the game. A lot of guys can go to a football game. I mean, uh, go, I used to remember when I started out you know, in, in weight training. Mm-hmm. And I did, I'm not going over there. That used to be, that was the start of my attitude. But then I always found out every time I went over there and I didn't want to, I probably had the, one of the best workouts I've ever had. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can, you can get that kind of approach to it. You know, you just push yourself to do the things that are, that are right. And the things that are going to make you a better player and a better person. Because when you do things like that, it goes on in your life usually. It, you know, I mean, I always looked at my dad as a salesman. Mm-hmm. He always used to say, you know, go ahead and drink all the beer you want. If you're a salesman, you'll never make any money. Because if you're going to sit and do that and decide, well, I'm not going to go see this person, you know, I'll go have a couple of beers or I'm going to go, you know, do something else, and you're going to be a loser. Mm-hmm. And... um you know, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of things he did in, in in his just as in his sales business that I saw when I was a kid. How hard he worked it. He, he sold the braces and he sold ended up getting the biggest business he could get would be working in the forging mills and the steel mills and selling these big grinding wheels, which are very expensive and things like that. And it takes years. It took him 15 years to get the get the business, but he never gave up, and that's mm-hmm. how he got the job because. They always looked at him when the guy they were buying from died or goes or somewhere else. 
they always say, let's go, let's go with Mac. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to be here. So, you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing that happens in the game. You know, sometimes your attitude's a little screwy uh, at times, but your your teammates can help out that way. You know, can if they recognize that you're not, you know, get some encouragement and get them going. And that that's where the leadership comes in too, a lot of the way. Now, I, I like that. If you sit and drink beer all day, you can't be a salesman. I think that would actually make you a, a fisherman if you drink beer all day. <laughs> Listen, that's, I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to tell anybody, but when I was a kid, I was, there was a guy here that was a real good fisherman, and I'll tell you what, I'm the only guy that would sit eight or ten hours in a boat with him. You know, And everybody else wanted about 15 minutes. They were done. I want to go in. And I never, I was never that way. And, uh, you know, I just hung it out and got to be pretty good. He he was a great fisherman. I sucked, but he was good. But I had fun fishing with him when I was, when I was young. Now, you've gone, fi- you went fishing with T.O. a few times. And what was that like? And did you ever outfish him? Well, what T.O. does is you go, let's say you go up, we went up to the Snake River one time and we walked out there and it was, we had some snow the night before and you know, uh, he, he's got a crow scroll with it, crow with him and he puts all his fish in it and all this stuff. And I got a pair of jeans on and a fishing, a rod and reel. And you know, we're going to cast in the river and he says, well, I'll see you later. And he takes off mm. <laughs> and he, he's the kind that likes to be with him by himself and fish by himself. Cause I think he, gets away from the talking mm-hmm. and, and puts some concentration in it. And that's the way I think, you know, he is, a lot of it is, is he spends a lot of time, you know, at home probably, you know, as the years went on working at stuff at home where people weren't really around and bothering him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of the coaches, that's what happens. You come in in the morning and you'll hear guys say, well, listen, last night I was thinking, and why don't we look at this and that? Mm-hmm. And that's how things happen. So some solitude uh, on the uh, Snake River, huh? Well, that's what he does. He likes to fish by him. He, I've gone fishing with him up at Wahoo and things like that, you know, and uh, but 4 o'clock comes, that's, the, that's it. It's over because he takes the kid, he took his kid skiing. Okay. And uh, so we had we had we had some some um, you know some things we had to do by the end of the day, and and mm-hmm. fishing had to stop. Sure, no, I get you. Charlie McBride's with us, Coach. How would you deal with with the tampering that is going on? You got a kind of a new wild west out there in college football. You've got coaches kind of anonymously talking about as high as 60% of the transfers that go into the portal have been approached in season. They're getting poached in season. Uh, they don't name schools, but they see some pretty, some pretty big-name schools. Nebraska lost some kids uh, to, uh, to different programs that left, but right. it's pretty rampant. I mean, what can you do? How do you handle it? And, and, and it's, it may be... A situation where you got a, a trainer or a family friend that's in the ear of this kid, so it's not a coach directly, or you got an old right. high or an old high school teammate's the one reaching out to see how how happy a kid is at at, at, a, at a school. 
Well, the one one of the rules that we always had was was that you, if you were if you were a friend of the kid for a long time, you know, you had family relations with him mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, you can't stop that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's the, the problem is is when you get some guy from the outside walking up to you, you know, and um, you know, dealing with you that way and mm-hmm. talking to you about this or that, or even if you have some players that do it and it they're good friends of theirs so they they can they can talk and and coaches will coach them to talk and what to say and da 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 mm-hmm. you know and that kind of thing uh, the tampering thing i think if you got a guy that's just locked in and you got him you got him you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i think there ought to there ought to be um you know, one, there ought to be a, a serious, I really think there ought to be something that, that happens to him seriously. I mean, I don't, I, I think that, um, you know, that kind of stuff, to me, I just would feel guilty. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, winning, I mean, you know, and, and people knowing that maybe I cheated on him or I, I you know, did something to get the kid. And you know you'll you'll talk to his high school coach to try to get him to do things. You'll talk to his junior college coach and so on, or his or his the, 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 maybe one of the coaches even on their staff that's a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. You know that if the guy knows he's going to leave, you know, and I'll well help my buddy out and that kind of thing. It's it's going to be unruly. I mean, as far as how you can ever stop that stuff, you know, and. Uh, we used to say there's always a bag man in every in every you know corner of the earth, and I, you know, and the, here's the thing, in the Southeast Conference, I, you know, I always got the feeling that everybody was never going to turn either either each other in, and they just went wild, and you know, I can't prove that, I don't know it, but a lot of people have all you know have said it to me that. You know, down here, it's it's a whole different can of worms. It's like when I was recruiting and we could only see a guy three times. Mm-hmm. I went down with Jack Pierce to talk to a big defensive lineman in LaGrange, Georgia. And I sat there and the assistant principal said, the guy's been here 25 days in a row. Jeez. You know, sitting in the gym with the coach. And I said something to the guy. And you know what he said to me? Mm. We can't count down here. <laughs> that was his response. <laughs> so I just said fine, and just that was the end of it. But the kid went to Auburn just like mm. you know clockwork. I mean, they spent the time on him, and you know, and the kid knows that and he appreciates it. But th- does he know you're cheating? I don't know. What does he feel about that? That's that's something that the, I can't answer because some kids just think that's great. You know, I well, mean, the attention's one. Th- the attention's one thing, but. 25 to 3 is not that's not a fair fight. Good luck trying to get get a relationship well, developed. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing I do. The first thing I do is say you got one turn. Mm-hmm. You can't go to a school and then quit and go to another one and then quit there and go to another one and quit there, you know. Right. You, want, you got one chance. The next one you're out. Mm-hmm. You you just you know, just forget it. Uh, but they they don't have they it, you know, it's politically incorrect to tell a kid that he can't do what he does now. That's just the way people are looking at it. There's there's no real discipline behind it. You know what happens? Mm-hmm. 
he'll never he'll never succeed in life because he'll quit every time something goes wrong. Mm. And uh, you know you you know you, and those are things you know when you go out to get a job and you find out this kid's been at four different colleges and his dad put him in this one and his mom to put him in that one or you know all mm. that and he never made his own mind up. Stay away from him. Charlie McBride's with us. Mondays with Charlie. Coach, catch a lot of fish. We'll get uh, back at you next week. How's that sound? I'm going to try to get a bunch of bluegill. You do I don't bluegill. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I like bigger fish, but I'll tell you what, bluegill tastes good to me. <laughs> hey, it tastes all the same, and they're really tasty. That's good stuff. Coach, you be good. Thanks for the time okay. today. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. Talk to you later. Bye now. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Be sure to check out Charlie McBride on the uh, on-demand section, ESPNLincoln.com. Also, the uh, ESPN Twitter handle, at ESPNLincoln. Welcome in with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Greg Smith with us at GregSmithHV on Twitter. Mr. Greg, how are you? I am doing very well. Uh, happy to be here, except for my Lakers are down. Um, and we've, we've already talked about that a little bit before I came on air. But, yeah, Lakers are down. Got me in a little bad mood, but I, I'm bouncing back. Are you speaking with Jacob Padilla? We have not talked about this series <laughs> a single time. <laughs> no. No. Nope. I, I just the, the next time we're all in the office together, I just don't know if you know Jacob's going to get up and walk to the can, and Greg, you get up to go uh, fill up the coffee, and all of a sudden there's a hip check. I mean, I'm just I just don't know how you channel your anger, bro. <laughs> it de- it depends on how this goes, man. Like it, it depends. Like on one hand, I am happy for him that his team has finally crawled out of the basement and they have finally made it into the playoffs in his lifetime. On the other hand, you know, the Lakers got to get this thing done. Well, what's the line that Jacob would have to cross for you You start standing up for your team physically? Well, if he calls LeBron <laughs> Le Flop, do you have to start throwing punches? <laughs> maybe. La maybe flop. we have to go to there. Um, yeah, that would be pretty strong. Yeah, that, that might get it done. I, you know, I just don't – Jacob's just not a taunter. Or if he is, he's great at it, and it's like three words, but you're left so profound. Like, dude, what, what did you say to me? And I got nothing to return. <laughs> yeah, the problem would be Jacob would come at you with facts, and that would just really hurt you. That, that, that's what would be the thing. That's good. Well, I want to see you two like on a on a on a Zoom call or a little. Podca- on a podcast hit where you're just that, there's that uncomfortable silence or there's that uncomfortable <laughs> tension in the room between Suns and Laker fan. <laughs> oh, I mean, it would be good. That would be that'd be quality stuff, right? There. You go to your corner. You go to your corner. All right, let's let's talk about Jaron Canick because uh, he is running away from Nebraska. the uh, The Hayes product is so high level in Nebraska. Obviously, Greg identified that, did everything they could, and then a, a 10-300 happened, and the rest of the college football world was like, ah, yeah, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go visit this kid or get in contact. So uh, you just reported earlier today there's no official visit scheduled. 
Yeah, correct. I, I talked to Jaron earlier today that I was going to check in with him actually on just like kind of what it was like um, to have like this explosion of offers, right? Because I think in the, in the same day or in the same couple of days, um, he got USC, Florida, Alabama, Texas A&M, Georgia, and others, right? And those are just some of the highlights. And Michigan was in there. And so I was going to contact him and just do a little story on what it had been like to have your recruitment kind of blow up and change and see all that. And so in the meantime, I say, well, hey, just to double check, is that official to Nebraska still on? He said, no, it is not. Um, and so essentially he's resetting his recruitment, and he's going to check out some of these heavyweights um, that have offered him recently. Nebraska, by the way, is not the only school um, that got their official visit canceled because he also had them set up to Kansas, Kansas State, and Washington State, um, and none of those are happening uh, as of now. Well, I mean, there's a new leaderboard. I mean, it's Alabama, it's Oklahoma, it's Georgia. I, I would imagine it's Clemson for sure. Yep. With, with the Kansas connection, and he'll. Uh, I, I let me ask you this: Do you think do you think Clemson will still have him do a workout? Because it sounds like they've got one spot left for three linebackers, and they're all freak athletes. So right now, Clemson gets to pick who they want. As does Bama. As does does Kirby and Georgia. Right? I mean, they're just that good. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, you know, the, the, the Kansases and Nebraskas and K-States and, and Wazoos that this kid, this kid could be a, you know, kind of a program changer uh, from, a, from an athleticism standpoint at linebacker. And, I mean, Nebraska did everything they could, Greg, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely they did. And like you mentioned earlier, like he, Nebraska was in on him early um, and really believed in, in him early and built a great relationship with him. He always had nothing but good things to say about Nebraska. But I do think, you know, outside of kind of now the Nebraska – or like his interest in Nebraska kind of falling off, it will be fascinating to see what happens with him and Clemson now. Because if you're Clemson, they're in an extremely unique spot where they really don't have to chase guys, right? They don't offer a lot of kids anymore. Um, um, they get to pick who they want in these like top three rated recruiting classes every year. But if your like main competition on a national stage is already offering him, can you afford to say, hey, I still want you to come out and work out June first before we're leaving offer you? I think that Bama offer could have changed that for him, uh, but we'll see because they don't have to because, like he said, they've got a couple other kids that are high level that they could also go and get. Hitting recruiting with Greg Smith, HailVarsity.com and magazine at Greg Smith HV. So, Greg, a thought here on the quarterback chase for 2022. Um, a kid I really like, and I know he's not had as much actual football time versus camps, is, is Bianco out of Hawaii. Uh, where, where does he stand with Nebraska? Where's... Uh, Morris at uh, give me the the rundown here what's the latest on the quarterback pursuit yeah, I think Bianco, Morris, um, Connor Harrell out of Alabama, and then Richard Torres out of Texas. I think those are kind of your four leaders in the clubhouse uh, for Nebraska's 2022 quarterback at this point, right? Um, and I think they're all it, – it's a unique situation because, you know, you mentioned Bianco. It started with him um, and how he doesn't have as much exposure. But that is it just because we don't know as much about him doesn't mean that he couldn't end up being a fantastic product. We know Frost's history with going to Hawaii um, and 
in the past. Torres is kind of in the same boat where he's kind of blown up as his film has gone around a little bit, um, but he has not kind of been exposed in the way that we thought he was going to be um, and pick up more offers. It just hasn't happened yet. Um, Harold's a kid that, that's on the, definitely on the radar, as is MJ Morris, and I think Nebraska likes them all. I think in Nebraska's perfect world, they'd like to meet with those guys and or see them throw um, before they really go all in on a kid. Um, but I, I know that Morris is a kid that has a lot of high interest around here because he's the highest rated kid of the group. Um, but he, but it, it's just unclear on what he's going to do at this point. It is. And does he take an official and does he throw for Super Mario and company? And do you get Bianco here to, to do the same? Uh, and I mean, I think it's pretty fair. You offer and yeah, we got to offer you, but we also want to see you throw. And if you don't want to throw or in person, we're not as wild anymore. We'll keep in touch, but Nebraska needs to do its best for them with with these four. They need to take the best guy they feel is gonna give gonna give them the, the highest level. And it's been a weird year, so it's it's like ultra senior film, right? I mean, you've got to right. really kind of tr- get this first in person evaluate evaluation to to trust your eyes and see if it's a fit. Right now, what's your what's your read on on who's here, who's not? Has that changed? Has that there been additions as to some officials this summer with the quarterback position? No, as far as I know, quarterback officials are, are the same as right now. I think Richard Torres is the only one of those four that has an official visit set up. We mentioned Morris a little bit in that situation. It's just something that I have an eye on. The fact that he, I don't believe he has any official visits set up right now. I know he had kind of talked about, and he had mentioned this to me, about maybe making that decision before he even takes any official visits. I don't know if that's even a wise decision, but we'll see kind of how that goes. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Nebraska wanted to get Bianco in here um, on one of those private workouts. The problem is to trying to get him here because I think that would have to be an unofficial um, to get him here from Hawaii and kind of do that. Um, but that's going to throw a whole nother wrinkle in, in this whole thing of trying to get guys in for those one-on-one workouts that's allowed for this kind of one year only, it feels like right now, where guys can come in, work out for the team privately for one hour, um, and then he can really get a deep evaluation of a guy. Greg, uh, I want to get your take on some in-state recruits uh, just because – Ernest Hausman's in the boat, but I mean, still a lot of uh, in-state talent out there. And, and with camp season approaching, uh, I mean, we remember James Carney making a big push through camp season last year. Are there any guys that you think with a couple strong camp performances could maybe work their way into a Nebraska offer? Yeah, there's there's two guys that I actually have uh, kind of my eye on for this, and I think both of them um, actually have those private one-on-one workouts with Nebraska um, already on the books. Jake Applegate um, is a linebacker from from Lincoln Southeast, um, who I know Schmidt's seen play and has been really impressed by him. He's an outstanding athlete, and I think that if he can, um, if he's made some gains in his game and gotten a little bit bigger, I think that that will really help him, um, and he could be in a position. I think offensive lineman out of Bellevue West, Henry Rickles, is another guy. Um, that Mike Huffman has told me a couple of times that if, if schools had been able to come around and see his other guys, that they would have seen Rickles uh, over the last year and really been impressed with him. And I know that he's another guy uh, that's on Nebraska's radar as well. I'll tell you this. Uh, you will not find a lankier, more physical, hybrid defender. And I know yep. Applegate can play, pick a spot in the back seven. I know he's more of an outside corner slash safety slash 
Out, you know, I, I I think he can kill it as an outside linebacker. Yeah, kind of in that JoJo role, right? Or like Isaac Gifford. Yeah, another Southeast kid, right? Yeah. I know. I think yeah. you just you just say, hey, uh, AJ, you want to play ball? Sure. Here's your scholarship. I don't think you jack around just because he's an in-state kid. I'm not saying they're doing that, but right. he's he's good enough to play ball anywhere. Is is my take? Uh, a quick thought here as we wrap up. Gunnar Gatula. He's a name that's uh, I've been hearing a lot. He's young. But, man, he's really talented, uh, was really talented on that Southeast offensive line. Yeah, any time I think he was, what, probably already like 6'6", 6'7", 280, pushing 300 right. uh, in his sophomore year. Like, any time you have that kind of size. And he's got good feet, right? Mm-hmm. He's an agile kid for that size. I think he's going to continue to be um, a kid that you hear more and more about. I, I can't imagine it's going to be that long uh, before he's in the mix for a Nebraska offer as well. I'm sure he'll pop up at camp to uh, coming up here this summer. I would just like to add here my, my recruiting insight. Uh, from my time going to Southeast, Gunner is obviously coach's son. His dad, Ryan Gatula, is yeah. the coach. He was always yep. hanging around. He's been around football his entire life. Um, but his growth spurt was absolutely shocking. Like, so did he it, go from like four foot two to six? <laughs> it, it, it was like one year, like he came up to my shoulders and I came back and watched the Southeast game the next year and he was taller than me. I went, what the hell happened? And he grew. <laughs> yeah. You blink and they, they, they shoot up and they're looking down on you all of a sudden. That's happening in my household, except he's got two left feet. That's his mother's fault. And uh, there'll be no recruitment of junior. <laughs> Athletically. But that's going to that's gonna happen, though. There's going to be those guys that, that teams haven't seen mm-hmm. over the last year, right? And then they're going to see them now this summer. And, oh, man, that kid grew five or six inches and gained 60 pounds. Like, that's going to happen. It's going to be a cool thing to see. It'd be even better if it's the old David Robinson factor where, oh, you're going to grow six and a half inches as a freshman in the Naval Academy, <laughs> <laughs> right? You just right. You hit that lottery. Greg, we'll keep in touch. Thanks for the time that today and appreciate your work. Hey, thanks as always. Have a good week, guys. There he is. The uh, Straight Up Breakdown podcast is Greg Smith's pod that'll drop this week on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play at Greg Smith uh, HV on Twitter is where you find our recruiting insider. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Well, let's get into some NFL because the world is turning in Packerland. Teddy Bridgewater is trying to keep his head down in Donkey Land and. Julio, once out of the ATL, uh, Skip and Shannon. I haven't watched that for years because I, I would hurt my TV. I'm not a Skip guy. But Shannon Sharp's locked in. NFL guy, great tight end. This was uh, part of uh, FS1 this morning with Julio and his sit-down. I got you. This is your favorite uncle. What's going on, bro? Man, look, you want to go to the Cowboys, Julio, or you want to stay in Atlanta? Oh, man, nah, I'm out of there, man. You He's out, out. He's out of there. Oh, Are you going to... Ideally, where would you like to go? Oh, uh, man, right nah, I'm just... I want to win. Okay. Yeah. We don't go to Dallas. If you go to... You ain't winning in Dallas, Julio. Nah, you already... Man, listen, come on, man. You already know I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you remind him we're on television? 
Ask me why I wore the Dallas. Listen, listen. You know how people look, man, with all that going right. on with the, the picture? Yeah. yeah. And all that stuff like that. Okay. Man, I ain't never been on that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That's good enough. Yeah. Julio, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for calling me back. We on air, but I appreciate you calling me, dog. You know I know my nephew was going to pick up. <laughs> Oh, yeah, nah, nah, yeah. I ain't, I ain't going I ain't going to Dallas, man. I never thought about going to Dallas. Okay, I appreciate that, bro. Enjoy the rest of your day. Oh, by the way, we're on air. Uh, so, yeah. so do you think Julio didn't know he was on air? I think there's a pretty good chance he didn't know because he just... You just, can't freaking do that, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> in, some or, sta- in some states, that's actually illegal. So, so uh, what, what do you believe other than I'm out of there? I believe that. I believe it. Right now, it's going to take a first-round pick. Julio's 32. And that's, that's Shannon just, it wasn't even drunk dialing. That was she, like, I'm on enough caffeine to kill a, a, an elephant dialing. And let's just, let's just call the nephew up. It's, it's so funny because like they're doing it like, I mean, he's just holding his phone up to his mic in front of him. So it's, it's like... It's like he's in the in his office. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's like he's just and Skip and whoever the hell else hosts. I mean, I just I, I, my question is is did Shannon actually call him and and did Julio not know or is this Julio saying hey I I need some leverage here Atlanta's trying to ship me off to Dallas and I don't want to go let me get on the show make it sound like an accident let me say how much I don't want to go to Dallas that's always a possibility I was reading this interesting story about how like uh, European soccer players mm-hmm. do it last night where they say yeah it's, it's embarrassing to go ask the owner to, to sell you to go play somewhere else so you have to do all these crazy things to, to get the way you or you get have to what leverage you want. it out yeah so that's my question is this leverage or is this Shannon Sharp just being bad and not telling Julio Jones that he's live on the air this is leverage this is absolute leverage Shannon wouldn't, wouldn't. I would. I would pray that he wouldn't do that to somebody he's close to. And I would also think that Julio would come out with a statement after this interview, saying, "Oh, I didn't know I was on the air. I right. apologize so, to both teams, so whatever." I, I think. I think. Do we need to really look at New England and Cam? I mean, that's that's the landing spot. The the two I'm seeing are Tennessee and New England. Okay. Uh, I think Tennessee might be in a, a better win now boat, which is what he was saying in the interview. He wants to win now, mm-hmm. but I don't think we can discount considering Julio is now trying to use leverage here. I assume trying to use leverage here. Like, I want out, but I don't want to go here. That and, that makes me think his statement last week about going and wanting to play with Cam Newton is that's where he wants to go. Sure. Well, here's the the reality: base salary is fifteen million. That's fully guaranteed, and uh, we'll know more after June. Uh, the Falcons. Twenty-three million against the cap in twenty-one if they move him, so they'll need they'll need some relief there. They'd probably like some some relief. They've got help around him. They just got Pitts. They got Matty Ice, but you know he had one of his worst years last year. Nine games due to injury. Still had three touchdowns, seven seventy-one on fifty-one catches, fifteen yards a catch. That's Julio's the guy that like gets you the big play in the offensive possession, but a lot of times doesn't get into the end zone. He just he's frustrating in that aspect. Now, he was a beast in the Super Bowl. He's a beast. And I still think he has some some time left, but I don't know how much. Does he have one good year left? And then is he a guy that mentors younger wide receivers? New England doesn't go that way. 
New England's thing is we're going to take your first and best option away and make you beat us with your third choice. That's what New England does defensively. You have Cam Newton. You had some turnover issues. You've got Mac Jones, right, waiting in the wings. My question is, is does he have a a Larry Fitz career trajectory in him? Because body-wise, they remind me of each other. Larry Fitz is obviously, he's on another level, but can he become Dude, that guy that... Fitz, Fitz is Fitz, and, and Julio looks 100 years old compared to Fitz, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Just And, and I will go back to this thing about Alabama, where they are gonna they are gonna max out their their four their, years with you. They're gonna max out your their least mileage, and sometimes sometimes turn you in with the you're over the mileage number just to kind of compare it to, to least vehicles. Bama's gonna beat the hell out of you. Now NFL teams like that because you come in more pro ready, but you're not taking practices off. Julio ain't getting nice down. Uh, at Alabama wasn't. I mean, he's like he's like everybody else at Alabama. They're they're playing full contact because they're better than you, and that's kind of the old school Nebraska way. I I think it's New England, but I don't see him in Atlanta. And I think the uh, the oh surprise appearance is something that is to to make sure that the world knows. I do not want to go to Dallas, which is too bad. Um, Aaron Rodgers, not at OTAs in Green Bay. A fist pump from Elijah Herbal. Does that mean? Does that mean there's more to this golf outing than just some mile high views and some soft greens? I don't know. I mean, we've known for a month now there's a rift between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, so this isn't the most unsurprising news, but it is just confirmation that whatever has transpired in the past two weeks has not built rebuilt that bridge that was burned between the, the Packers and Rodgers. Does, does, so. does he walk away from like $30 million, though? I mean, that's the number that's floating out there with Green Bay. He goes back to Green Bay. I mean... He's got that State Farm money. He doesn't need the Packers money anymore. But dude, thirty. I mean, <laughs> and he's made a lot of money as is. But it's still thirty million dollars, and after taxes, it's still fifteen million dollars. So there's a uh, little tour around the NFL. For a second there, I thought you were going to get political with the taxes, but no, not at all, <laughs> not at all. Uh, we'll dive into some final thoughts tomorrow. We are at Haymarket Park Road Show Tuesday for the Salt Dogs uh, season slash home opener. There. Season began down in Texas, but the home opener for 2021 is tomorrow night. I can't wait to get down to Haymarket, see some ball, and uh, have a live show. Good lineup tomorrow. Great stuff today from Mike Babcock and Charlie McBride and Greg Smith. We'll wind it down on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Monday, it's Hail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. So... Elijah, what did you learn about the uh, the old bachelor party party planning? You got to do that for your bro. 
excited for you and your family here uh, this upcoming weekend to celebrate. Was it a, a pain in the neck? Was it a good time? Was it stressful or was it memorable thanks to the, the pictures that were taking during the event? It, w- it was definitely stressful. First time ever planning a bachelor party for me. Um, and, and the stress was good, but once once you were there, it was great time. Um, the checkbook took a bit of a hit as, as, as I was fully expecting it to happen. Um, but yeah, all in all, a very good time. Ended up, uh, so we were up in Topgolf in Omaha, went and got dinner up in Omaha, came back to Lincoln. Uh, and spent some time down at uh, Jake's downtown. Oh, cool! And, uh, we we watched the uh, the Husker baseball game, uh, at least the, the last couple innings of that uh, that the the Chance Roach sure. three to game. one. Yeah, mm. uh, so we watched uh, the end of that one. All in all, yeah, good for him getting married. Where'd you uh, Where'd you end the night? Did you go for last call someplace, or did you guys just all kind of hit back home? Uh, we all went to McDonald's. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Post midnight. Uh, no, this is like a little before midnight, actually. Really? This probably would have been about 10, 30, 11. Okay. I went to McDonald's, and then uh, it Did was Did you do 20 piece bound. McNugget or what? Uh, okay, have you had their new the new spicy crispy chicken yeah, sandwich? Yeah, I have. I, it, I've, I had it, and I, I have the McDonald's app because I'm a broke college student, and they have very good deals on there. If you're ever needing a good deal, McDonald's app's the way to go. You should go, uh, and they go had, talk to their GM. They, they'd buy one, get one free crispy chicken sandwiches so on there. So you just crushed two of those. So I crushed two of those. metabolism's awesome. And what I'll say is for being a chicken sandwich from McDonald's, it's it's not going to rival the likes of Chick-fil-A and Popeye's. It's, it's not Hooksy. No, it's, it's it's no Slim Chickens yeah. by any means. But what I will say is for like a three ninety nine two chicken sandwiches type deal, very, very good. And it's probably... Dare I say the best fast food chicken sandwich? I mean, that, that's not counting pot. Like the, the best burger place, like McDonald's, right. Wendy's, Burger there, King. There are some yeah. places that just want your money for a chicken sandwich, but it's part of the menu versus the feature. Mm-hmm. Yes, on the menu. Yeah, and I mean McDonald's has done a lot of changing to their menu. The McDouble is like crazy expensive now. Is that just? Is it's what's wrong with the the, the good old uh, Big Mac? Nothing is the answer. Nothing's wrong with it, but I mean. If I'm going to McDonald's, I want to eat for three dollars. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I'm not going to McDonald's for high quality wife, food. A wife and kid, <laughs> dude. <laughs> three dollars. <laughs> That's what the puke wants to spend on his drink. <laughs> well, you used to be able to get like two McDoubles and a McChicken for like three dollars plus tax. And now it'll run you like six bucks. It's ridiculous. I'm, I I go there, dude. I'll hit the drive-through and just I want like three regular hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Love just the regular hamburgers. Just like ketchup, onions, mustard. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Pickle, and I'm good. Reminder about buckling up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by 60%. Your best defense in any crash, buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Come see us. Uh, if you're not heading to the Salt Dogs, hey, jump online and uh, be a part of the home opener and do so saltdogs.com but road show tomorrow four to six haymarket park ahead of the salt dogs uh, talk to you at four with hail varsity tomorrow on the show we'll uh, check in with blair kirkoff we'll run down mitch sherman coach uh, rick kaczynski tomorrow on a tuesday